1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Get in the know. Nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, hello, fellow football-loving friends. This is Purple Daily presented by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. It's Mackie. It's Judd. Uh, Declan is visiting some family this weekend, probably just drinking all of the seltzers available within a 10-foot radius of him at all times. That's what he does. Yep. And uh, and so we're going to fly this plane like we have the last uh, episode as well without Declan. Hopefully this plane does not crash. We can't guarantee anything. This is just going to be a wildly unpredictable episode without a producer here. Uh, comments from YouTube, Judzulgen. Are you ready? I I am always prepared for okay. comments from YouTube. So, one thing we're going to start doing next week as well. So, we we always do these weekly comments from YouTube episodes and we love it. We love the interaction. We love the feedback. Um, good or bad, it's just it's fun for us to interact with you guys and vice. We just love the community that you guys have helped us build here. On Purple Daily, we also have a brand new app. I'm showing it to the YouTube audience right now. Let me click this uh, notification. Yeah, there's off. something. There's an obstruction. Now it's gone. Yeah, yeah, because you can win prizes on the Scorn Earth app. I like it's it. Amazing. So uh, this this new update just dropped. You can find all episodes in YouTube or podcast form of Purple Daily, of Mackie and Judd, and uh, some of our other Scorn Earth podcasts as well, and Judd's written work. Plus, there's a feedback section here. If you want to send us a quick message or if you want to send us a video or a photo we can incorporate into the show, we'd love to hear from you. So hit us up on the new North app. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll start mixing some of those messages in as well um, on this Saturday episode of uh, comments from YouTube. So, all right, let's get to it. (laughs) A lot of Kirk Cousins stuff again here. I feel like we didn't really talk a ton of Kirk this week, but... Tristan says, (laughs) of course you guys won't recognize that you are unfairly hating on Kirk based on your not understanding football. And and then Mark, the next comment from Mark, Kirk sucks. He has been a curse on this team ever since he showed up. He comes up small in 90% of big games. It's been a running joke that he can't win in primetime. The playoffs, fourth quarter comeback drives. We give him a trophy and say he's a changed man when he wins one Monday night football game and one playoff game. Pay him another gazillion dollars if he has a season over eight and eight. Why don't we? So I guess, Mike, just consolidating these two comments from YouTube here. Why is Kirk so polarizing in your mind,
1: Judd? Well, first of all, can I ask about, I believe it was Tristan's comment. Yeah, What was the genesis of that like, what don't, what did we say that we don't understand football? Did I think this is out? from an episode where, uh, where you guys did an episode without me last week. I don't know what oh, sort well, of you're, tangents you you're and blaming me on was. us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've never that's criticized that. Kirk. It's no, all guys. of course not. So yeah. he's polarizing. I, I mean, he, he should be. It's the fun of, of a, especially highly paid quarterback, right? I mean, he's polarizing because, you know, people take their sides because Kirk Cousins, if the Vikings, if people believe that the Vikings are going to win a championship, then they have to believe that Kirk is going to be great. And I think there are people that are unwilling to see the truth, which is he's good, but not great. And so they believe that the Vikings had to be right, that the Vikings signed a free agent quarterback capable of taking the team to a Super Bowl. And then there's the rest of us who are like, ah, you know what? They they took a shot. That's great. They tried, but it's not going to, to work. But if you can't have – if your quarterback is not – polarizing to a certain degree in your national football league town. I don't think it's fun. Like this is way more fun. Like they're just bored in Kansas city all the
0: time. Oh man, we got this amazing generational quarterback boring.
1: Well, (laughs) no, but I'm thinking, but in my case, I'm thinking like ponder where we were basically all on the same page. This guy's terrible. No, I'm sure it's great to have a a generational talent, but I have no idea what that's like. Like I would not know. 51 and the last generational quarterback the Vikings had was Fran Tarkington so I'm just speaking from my own experience in this town of if it's like Kelly Holcomb or Christian Ponder you know we're all like okay this guy ain't good that's no fun so I mean Culpepper right small hands he can't do this he can't do that oh no he's great so from a Viking standpoint I think the most that we that we've seen so far is it's fun if it's a polarizing guy, and even Brett Favre. As great as Favre was in two thousand nine, that was still the guy from the Packers coming to possibly take the Vikings to a Super Bowl, and there were Vikings fans who had mixed, uh, you know, mixed emotions about that. So I think it's more fun. Well, all right, here's why I think he's polarizing.
0: I brought this list up. I think it was on one of the last week's shows, but. When you just when you just look at the all time passer rating leaders in NFL history, I know it's kind of a basic stat. It's not really taking into account context, which is important too. But sure, Pat Mahomes is number one. Watson's number. Deshaun Watson's actually number two all time uh, passer rating leader. Aaron Rodgers three. Russell Wilson four. Drew Brees five. Tom Brady seven. And That's Kirk nice. Cousins is right smack dab in the middle of those. Kirk Cousins is sixth. And so the reasons why, the reason why he's so polarizing is there's one faction of people that look at that and say, oh, why would you ever not sign up for the sixth greatest passer rating in the history of the NFL? Like, why would you criticize that? Yeah. Is, okay. Is he perfect? No, but why would you, why, why would you focus any attention on the sixth greatest passer rating ever when you can focus your attention on the other deficiencies on the team? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we hear that all the time. But then there's another faction of people. I like think you and I are in, in this group that, that say, hmm, wow, he does put up some pretty ridiculous numbers sometimes. Why is he only f- – well, let me rephrase it. Why are his teams only 500 over the, the 100 games plus that has been a starting quarterback? Is he just the unluckiest dude ever with bad coaching, bad lines, bad weapons, but just like – this dude is the sixth best quarterback ever passer rating, and he's 500 because his teams suck all the time, and he's just carrying the load on a regular basis, right? Yep. And so and so, we're, we're just sort of curious about the gap. Like, well, okay, so if, if he's going to put up these type of numbers and historically be in the mix with Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, etc., mm-hmm. why has he come nowhere near a Super Bowl? And um, I think – sometimes it's because he's got bad teammates around him other times it's because his great performances come against either bad teams or non-winning teams or come when the season is already lost at 1 and 5 or whatever it is right it, it, like when the pressure's off he's amazing when the pressure's on eh, it's a little bit tougher for him so those are the two factions as i see it and it's it's like we're going to have all these conversations again it's the same conversations we had a year ago and maybe we'll have some more clarity and some more answers. Maybe, he'll, maybe him and the team will improve in some certain areas and the team's success will come along with some of the individual fantasy numbers that he's put up throughout his six years as a starter.
1: I'll give you three names in, in the last 15 years, okay? Parisi, Suter, Cousins. All of them were signed for to do one particular thing – Be the pieces of a championship puzzle, okay? So, so, and we can say, well, the Wild didn't give those guys enough or the Vikings didn't give Kirk enough or the defense of 2020 was terrible, and that all can be true. Uh, But when you sign guys in a salary cap league, especially to the contract that those three contracts that those three were signed to, and you get, not only do you not get a championship, so far you get nowhere near one. Like you don't get, you're, you're either... In the Wilds' case, the farthest that they went in the prime of the, their two best players at that time was the second round. Kirk Cousins, in three years, has won one playoff game. In two of the years, they have missed the playoffs. Uh, the expectations can't be dialed back to, yeah, but I mean, it, it was fun and they were good players. I mean, statistically, they were, that wasn't the goal. Yeah. The um the goal was to win championships, and you haven't gotten near one. That's why there's more pressure there. But but that also makes you a polarizing player, which is more fun for us than to debate.
0: Yeah, that's fair. You like that? So,
1: you like that, Mister Polarizing? All right, uh, more comments
0: from Purple Daily YouTube here. Wow, this just seems like an, an amazing unsolicited compliment here. Tim says, I love your show, and Declan does a fantastic job. Mackie and Judd are yin and yang. It's a perfectly balanced show. You guys are doing an awesome job. We always love unsolicited, amazing, feel good feedback that boosts our egos and our, our fragile confidence. Do you know Tim? Uh, Tim is on my payroll, yeah. I, pay t- I just pay Tim to drop <laughs> Tim in. Tim the is the another
1: commentary. Hubbard employee. Yeah.
0: Oh, but then there's Sean. Uh, oh. He comments. No. And says, surely you guys can find a warm body better than Judd. I mean, it doesn't even really have to be a warm body. A toaster would be better than
1: Judd. (laughs) A toaster. I love a good toaster. I love a good piece of toasted bread. Michael
0: Michael Beasley's toaster? I threw that out. I'm I'm very, very hurt by Sean's comment. I feel like you guys should maybe talk it out here. Uh, Bob Swede says, Zim is is better than most of our recent head coaches. Um.'" Let's go back to Jerry Burns. Let's go back, Let's go post-Bud Grant. Sure. Where
1: do you rank Zim? A lot of people will put him first on that list. I, I would I put him behind Denny. I would put him behind Denny. I'd put him behind Denny. So if I had to rank him real quick off the top of my head to rank him, I would say Denny, Zim. Are, are we going post-Burns here, or, or is Burns included? Let's include Burnsy. Okay. Uh, Zim would be second. Um. Ch- okay, I'm going. Children's I'm I'm going. Children's third. Wow! I can't believe that. Bernzy Tice. So Bernsey behind Chile for you? I think so, Phil. I think when you think about it, I I mean, here's the difference. Okay. In 1989, the Vikings made one of turned out to be one of the worst trades in National Football League history the Herschel Walker trade. And, and that was not Bernsey's trade, but Herschel was supposed to be the Farvinian component, right? Like that was at that time running back. That's the final piece of the puzzle championship piece. And you didn't, you didn't get close. Um Chili worked hard to add Fav. He did it and got to a, and now they screwed up monumentally. So I'm not going to give Brad or Brad a pass, but they got to a, Conference title game. Yeah. Uh yeah, you know what? It's not going to be a popular opinion, and I'm sure I'll be called <clears throat> a toaster by some, but I'm going to, but I'm actually going to give, I'm actually going to put Brad for what he was able to do with that situation above Jerry. Because you know what Jerry did? Jerry very much like he didn't he didn't run an offense that was conducive to Walker's skill set. And they just didn't morph it. And so it was like, uh, um, it just, it was a non-fit. And I feel like if you're going to make that trade, you got to at least attempt to fit the piece of the puzzle in. And you know what? Brad, because Brett could run his offense, was uh, Brett was a perfect fit. So, yeah. I I, I love me some Chili. Uh,
0: Chili definitely had some flaws. There's a reason why he never got another shot as a head coach. Absolutely. I wonder so much if they had now part of the reason why they failed in the NFC championship game is because, you know, Chile had some blind spots, and they were just chaotic and disorganized in the biggest moment of the game. And Brett Favre can be a little bit chaotic and disorganized. And yep. at, at the exact moment where they needed full organization, guys, we are marching for a game-winning field goal. Here is what we're doing. No ambiguity. Here's who's on the field. No like, no. clear no. communication. Yeah, it was awful, yeah. And it was just, like, too many cooks in the kitchen. You had Bienemy, you had Childress, and you had Favre, and it was just – uh, so, like – it's funny that my question was going to be, what if they win that game? I think they win the Super Bowl if they win that game. I think that was the Super Bowl, basically. And then Chile's the top of the list? And then Chile is doesn't regarded does he get fired in 2010? Oh, he's regarded as one of the great coaches in Vikings history, maybe him and Bud Grant? Um, all right, next question here from Casey, or comment. So we talked about Geno Atkins on the Thursday episode this week. So Casey says Geno Atkins would be a, wast- a wasted pickup. He won't contribute much because he's not going to start, and he's old. That's like being handed money and wasting it on a gumball machine. <laughs> um, so the Vikings have like $13.9 million in cap space. Geno Atkins probably would take up 2 or $3 million on like a one-year deal. So uh, do you agree with Casey that it could be a wasted pickup for the Vikings, a waste of money?
1: Well, sure, but lots of guys could. Um, here's what I disagree with. This whole league in 2021 now is built on situational players so uh, he's not going to start of course he's not that's fine they they've got two they've got two mammoth human beings in the middle of the defensive line who can stop the run but the point is they don't really have a guy that we know for sure uh can apply pressure on the quarterback and atkins is at least a, a taking a solid shot that he can especially if he's not used much yeah um though let's never let's never confuse in this league being a starter at a lot of positions with being important. Like a lot of guys don't start. It's not, this is a situational league. Like, like your nickel corner won't start lots of games, but if he sucks, you're going to lose. Yep. And I don't like the starting thing doesn't matter at all. You you need someone
0: on third down or just passing downs whenever they Mm -hmm. may be Mm -hmm. for 250 snaps this season to help get more pressure up the middle. And if Geno Atkins can do that, then it's a good pickup on the money side. I don't know that there's, a way you can waste money right now because it's we're not in the middle of free agency anymore. If they had $13.9 million and they were prioritizing, well, you could make a case that they did. Prioritize defensive positions that um, were redundant over actual needs, um, then it would be maybe a waste of money. But, you know, the cap space they have now, they're going to use it on some complementary players to build out more depth, and they're probably going to use it on some restructures of Harrison Smith and Daniil Hunter. They're going to Maybe front load some money into 2021 is my guess, right? So, uh, all right, next question here. You like that? You like that? All right, Kip loves Judd. He says, can we get a Judd preaching meltdown sermon of the Vikings like he did with the twins on the Thursday episode of Mackie and Judd? I don't know that it works
1: like that. I don't know that we can just be like, Judd. I can't do it on cue. Go. Rant. No, I can't do it on cue. And Kip, don't forget, I'm less useful than a toaster. <laughs> I love that line. That's a great line. It really is. Can well, we no. just can we just do this episode and put like
0: a toaster graphic over just If you Ed? can wait,
1: I can go to my my kitchen right now and just put a toaster in front of my face and talk behind it and it will seem like the toaster's talking. Uh let's do that for next week. Cuz I'll be happy to do it. Yeah. Um I appreciate the sentiment, but yeah, I can't melt I can't melt down on cue. Like it's got to be from Kip, it's got to be from right here. It's got to be from the heart. Yeah. Yeah, Judd's not
0: just like some sort of carnival attraction where you show up and just, okay, I mean, I sort of (laughs) am,
1: but not in this case. In day-to-day life, I might be a carnival attraction.
0: This next next comment from Michael is powered by our friends at Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, been helping business owners in and around the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. They're based in Owatonna. They are one of us. And, uh, and not only are they helping businesses, they're also Minnesota sports fans, a lot of them over there. So they've gone through the same heartaches as all of us have. So you can find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, it Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So Michael reacting to, I believe I predicted on Write That Down on Wednesday, 400-plus touches for Dalvin Cook. You did. If he stays healthy for 17 games, that's 24 touches per game, 20 runs and 4 catches per game, might actually work on the other hand I'm hoping that Dalvin is sitting out the last two games because we already have the number one seed locked up by then so that prediction doesn't come through um so question off of this comment would I know you've been on the hey pump the brakes on Dalvin here don't you know you gotta actually at one point you also said well maybe you should go all in on Dalvin just because you never know when the clip I is heard that come. last
1: year yeah of the con- I, because the that's where
0: I'm at honestly like you know, you're now you're into this contract. He's in his prime. I'm just, I'm feeding him the ball as much as it makes sense. Now I want some of those runs to be converted to passes to Jefferson, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put training wheels on Dalvin cook this year.
1: So I'm going to, I'm going to take a, what I believe is a cautionary tale or a lesson that we've learned from the 2021 twins. And I'm going to go into the 2021 Vikings season saying this. And I think this was a, write that down by me. It might've been shortly after Uh, the season came to an end last year. Um, Dalvin Cook's not going to hold up this entire year. His touches last year, in which he also got hurt, were a ton. Okay, The Vikings almost certainly are going to bring him back in from day one, continue to use him uh, like they did in 2020. He has problems staying healthy, He's not Buxton, but he's got some of the same problems at times. And Phil, if you look at, at the usage of him, and I don't think Mike is going to change that. Like Mike to me does, Mike's not the type of guy who you, you go to with a spreadsheet and are like, okay, Mike, here are all the running backs since 1975 and their touches. And here's what happens if they, you know, go over a certain amount. So I'm going to, to unfortunately be a pessimistic Judd here. Um, and after what we've seen from the Twins, I can't in good conscience go into the Vikings season saying that I think there's any way that Dalvin Cook uh, stays healthy. He will play. I don't think he's going to miss the entire year, but I think he's going to miss larger chunks of this season than he did last. Yeah.
0: So his God, his cap situation is so interesting. So his cap hit for this year is only $5.1 million. Next year, it jumps to twelve million dollars at age twenty-seven, um, and then there's a in terms of just like either getting out from the contract if needed, if he breaks down, or if you just want to renegotiate to something more reasonable, because his cap number goes up to fourteen, then fifteen and a half in twenty-three and twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can your the the dead cap comes down enough starting in two thousand twenty-three that that's the next logical point of reassessing the contract.
1: It's Brzezinski, so I, man. Brzezinski's yeah. a genius.
0: So I am writing him as much yeah. as it makes sense in yes. 2021 and 22, and then once we get to 2023, if he's still got tread on the tires, he'll be 28. Then you probably just move on, right? Or you, you draft somebody or whatever. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think you're wrong. I, I would bet against him playing all 17 games in 2021, but I'm not gonna uh, not gonna pull punches with one of the best weapons in the NFL. Can we split him out though? Like, can can we just please be creative? Yeah, there's people commenting about that this week, too, just sort of the, the vanilla nature of the Kubiak offenses. And and some of that's, too, it's like with Kirk, when we, when we think of clever, creative offenses, oftentimes they involve mobile quarterbacks that mm-hmm. just give you a wider range of things you can do, whether it's, you know, read option-type things, or sometimes it's perceived, too, that when Josh Allen makes an improvisational play that the Bills' offense is so creative. Well, yeah, like, they have a creative offense, but it also helps when your quarterback can just flush out from pressure and run full speed to the right and throw a 45-yard dart to Diggs, right?
1: For purposes of <laughs> pass protection, though, okay? And, and I think that this is actually, this might be as much or more Zim than Kubiak. I So here's a thought. Why couldn't you use Gronklin, Tyler Gronklin, as an H-back? And and then put Cook in motion or split him out. And so if if your fear is, oh my God, if Kirk if the uh it's an empty backfield and they don't know or yeah, if, if we could keep him confused about Dalvin, it's better. Uh but if if Conklin can play H back and he can chip block or or just flat out block, okay? It's things like that that I don't get why they don't do. Football. So like if your concern is somebody has to stay in to protect Kirk, and often it can be Dalvin, who at least chips and then goes out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean there's ways to get around. I'm him. here for that. Yeah, no, I yeah, I think getting getting Dalvin the ball,
0: you know, targeting him five, six times a game just on you know, whatever whatever you need to do, whether it's screen passes or swing passes or some other formation. Anything. Wheel routes. Uh final comment here for this week. Paul says that Sage Rosenfeld's Brett Favre episode was ace top to bottom. Looking forward to part two, guys. Um, off to watch that San Francisco week three game, Favre to Lewis. Cheers. Yeah. Just so, people, <laughs> so that episode, and we posted that on Memorial Day this last Monday. We're doing we're you know, once a week or so during the the off season period, we're gonna do these purple rewind episodes, and some of them we're gonna just we're just gonna do new and fresh. But we also we've been doing shows together for seven plus years, and so we've got some good stuff in the archives, like say Josenfell's telling Brett Favre stories that I think a lot of them, because we just started doing Purple Daily on a daily basis over a year ago. So there's a lot of stuff that, that people who are new to the show probably haven't heard, and so we'll sprinkle some of that into and give you that part two. Part two is all about the NFC Championship game it's and the, right. the behind-the-scenes.
1: It hurts. And it hurts, like but it's If you're a Vikings amazing. fan, well, yeah, because it's, it, it's, it's cleansing. But, it, but it, it's painful. It's painful. Yeah. It's fun. Is the Favre to Lewis game, Okay, I'm, I'm about to say something. It's more of a question, so it's not a definitive statement, but it might come off as a statement. Is the Favre to Lewis game the most on a list? Would it be the top Vikings regular season game of your lifetime as far as the finish, what it signified? Because, you know, going back, the first two games, Brett Favre managing the game yeah. just like just like he should. And that was the first game where um, where we all said, oh, my God, there's, there's something here. Where where would it rank to you? Regular season Re- games yeah, no, since no the mid-'80s. It no it's It's
0: on the Mount Rushmore. It's on okay. the Mount Rushmore. It's right there probably with the Randy Moss Cowboys game in 98 and the Randy yep, Moss Lambeau game That's in 98. That's a good one,
1: too. Yeah. So th- those three are on the Mount Rushmore, and then I would
0: just need – A fourth of some kind. all
1: three of those signified something that went far beyond that that game itself as well all three of those were
0: the ponder game against the broncos at home also that was a big one threw for 300 yards i think they lost but he played really well tim
1: tebow yeah (laughs) oh my god tim tebow (laughs) winding up and now just a fantastic in shape tight end for urban myers jaguars i'll uh, be
0: the Josh, what was the guy's name? Josh uh, Freeman. The, the 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 Monday night
1: game against the Monday night the game Giants. where he was. Well, we could yeah. do. We could definitely do a top four of all time regular season Vikings duds as well. Let's Steve do, let's, Young, let's, let's fire Steve Young running through them, complete just embarrassing yeah. them. Michael Vick, poor oh Craig God, Beaker, right. decluded, decluded. Yeah.
0: You know how they put like when they when they built the Mall of America for on top of the old Met stadium and they left home plate there. Right. They should do yeah. that. Now they should just have Greg Beekert's gold. Outline? cleats, just like just his outline, just like facing different directions
1: <laughs> Poor Greg Beekert. I think that's where Greg said I used to be really good. And now I'm I'm done. I'm good now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what
0: just ran by me, but he was, very <laughs> but bad. it wasn't, yeah. but it was nothing I yeah. could stop. All right. That's a wrap on this episode of comments from YouTube, purple daily. Daily Vikings entertainment for you guys, even during these off-season months. Please click the subscribe button on our YouTube channel and give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you guys next time.